in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in LA. Uh, each week we call it one another and we just catch up. <laughs> that is the worst joke I've ever made. Sit on this crucifix <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh, this. Stop, stop, stop. Ow! Yeah, I went there, Mike. I went there, motherfucker. Hey, Joey. Hi, Mike. Hey, Joey. Hi, Mike. No one would ever go to this what? many sex-sounding gay bars. Down a spiral staircase? With a <laughs> dancing monkey? Seriously. <laughs> Did you buy dog Viagra? Joey, it was nice catching up with you. Go, go to hell, Mike. Hello, Joe. Hi, Mike. <laughs> and thanks to everybody listening. My name's Mike. That's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in LA. We've been friends for over a decade, and each week we just call one another and we catch up. Cats up. We cats up. Yeah. Ugh. We should. That was so rude. What? I'm sitting here like with energy, and you're like, oh yeah. Yeah. Mike, I just finished a plate of ribs. <laughs> You did work this morning, which was kind of shocking. I did work this morning. Joe texted me and he was like, hey, I'm still at work, so I can't uh, record until a little bit later. I was like, wait, I'm so confused. Is this Joe Batanz? Did you get my Snapchat? No. I only, I've only i received one Snapchat from you, and it was your middle finger. Oh, I was tutoring the Asian kid today. I thought I sent it to you, and I filmed him writing and sent it to people. Yeah, I didn't get it. Hmm. Um, Is he hot? I'm just kidding. That's that was so a joke. I was so joking. How how are you? What's new? What's what's going on in Joe's world? You know what's so funny is um, la- not to tip our hand, but now we're recording on Fridays. Yeah, we can mention that. So we have a new recording schedule. So when we record an episode, it's gonna be last weekend's activities because we really do kind of talk about the weekend, right? Yeah, but I love how, like, the first day that we do it, which was last week, is, like, that kid, which I'm going to talk about in the news, shoots up that school. Oh, yeah. We would have been on it. It would have been breaking news for us. <laughs> anyway, yeah. um, so, like, I'm not joking, Mike. Seconds after we finished um, recording the show, mm-hmm. I checked my phone, and there were all these frantic messages from... Um, Friend of the show and uh, former student, Cameron. Oh, yeah. And so I call him, and I don't know if I've mentioned this in the show or if anybody does, remembers Does Cameron this. still listen? I don't think Cameron's ever listened, to be honest with you. Oh. Um, but Cameron. What was the other kid's name that we Skyped with? Oh, Tommy Colton. Oh, I was mixing up with Tommy Colton. Yeah. Does no, Tommy no, no. Colton still listen? He does. Oh, hey, Tommy. He I, and I always... He says it in a way to me always that's like, I just, I don't believe him. Because mm-hmm. uh, we'll talk and he'll be like, uh, I'll be like, he'll say, oh, he's like, yeah, I'm totally caught up with the show. I'm like, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, uh huh. And then we we'll <laughs> should quiz him. No, and then we'll be talking. He'd be like, oh, you mean how um, Mike's roommate was going to a lot of weddings? I'm like, whoa, he does listen to the show. <laughs> I bet you in. This is so a tangent, but the other day somebody was texting us and mentioned a joke you told on the show, and then Joe texts me separately, and he's like, what the fuck is this person talking about? Wait, <laughs> and I was what, like, Joe, what, that's your joke. What was the joke? I don't remember. It was something about, like, I don't I don't even remember. But th- this happens a lot where, like, people reference a show, and you're like, what's with this crazy person? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that was a story you told on the show that we did. The show that you edited and probably listened to five yeah, times. That's the, that's the funny part. It's not like you, because you just do the show. and do, do you even listen to the show? Yeah, I usually listen to it in my commute. I'll throw it on. Um, usually. I mean, there's been a couple of weeks where I was like not listening to any podcast, so it just like never happened. But Well, with me, I'm listening to it a minimum. Minimum. This is like minimum. Two times. Yeah. And it's usually about five. And you were on it. And I'm on it. Yeah, that's that's, listen, that's apart from actually doing the show. Yeah. I listened to it two other times. So can we go back to Cameron? Because this was like a walk down a weird tangential road. But Yeah. So yeah, for those of you that don't know, those of you that don't remember, Cameron is a kid that I helped out. Um, I don't know how I really helped him, but I was just 
mentoring him, if you will, after he dropped out of school, lost everything, and had to drive back from Florida to L.A. He's like, Joe, I completely fucked up my life. You'll understand. Yeah. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> so, uh, so I actually hooked him up with a job with my friend Shannon's uh, fiance now. He, they got engaged. Oh, cool. Congratulations, Shannon. Shannon doesn't listen. And <laughs> let's just pretend everyone listens. Yeah. So Dave is, as we've mentioned before, a high-end vocal coach. And he was looking for a personal assistant. And actually, when Cameron was in high school, he had done some basic personal assistant stuff for me mm-hmm. when I had my company. And so I was like, oh, you got to – And oh, Dave is in the music business. And so Cameron really wanted to break into the music business. So I connected them. And Dave hired Cameron. Loved Cameron. Cameron was his personal assistant. Okay. Cameron's also 20 years old, so he would say make the same mistakes that 20-year-olds make along the way. And this would frustrate Dave. So after a show, Cameron calls me and he's like, Joe, I majorly fucked up. And he's like really upset. I'm like, oh no, he killed Dave. Or something <laughs> like that, right? And he go I go, what happened? Well, I've known this, but Dave has been working on this, like, project where he designed these, like, really fancy cards for people who are his customers. And he made them, he had them made out of metal, printed on metal. And he sent Cameron to go pick up the cards in Fullerton. Cameron goes to pick up the cards, puts the box of cards on his car. (laughs) Next to his coffee. Next to his coffee, gets in the car and drives away. And then 10 miles later, is like, oh shit. And. <laughs> oh my god. So now Cameron's like, I, I, I'm in Fullerton. I'm, I, I, I don't know what to do. Dave's good. I called Dave and Dave told me, don't call me until you have those cards. Right? Yeah. So, I'm actually not too far from Fullerton. It's where my brother lives. It's where um, my grinder guy lives. So, <laughs> I know the city well. Yeah. So, I go and meet him uh, in Fullerton. And together, he and I comb this. I'm, girl, I'm retracing his steps uh, along the street. You know, all the way to the freeway. We get in the car. We drive by. We walk the path. Uh, we don't walk it to the freeway. I just walk it to a main road, harbor. Mm-hmm. And then and we get in the car and we I drive on the freeway. I mean, we, we did this like two or three times. Um, I will say there was a certain point. Cause it's a very Hispanic neighborhood, this part we were in. Mm-hmm. Harbor and what? Right, It was right by Harbor and Commonwealth. Mm-hmm. So anyway. The most boring like um, detail ever, but. Yeah, no one. My, my brother will know that. I miss Orange County a little bit, so. I'm retracing the steps with you. Go on. Okay. I will say Cameron was way ahead of me looking in his own way. And I was trailing and there was this yard full of, uh, there was like these two older Mexican people and a younger Mexican guy. And they were all speaking in Spanish to each other. And I don't speak very good Spanish, right? And so I go to them and I'm all, oh, um, con permiso, nosotros somos um, buscando una ca- uh, taja de carjetas. And then there was a young guy, Mike Lawson. He looked like he fell off the immigration truck, you okay. know, and they picked him up like super dark with like peach fuzz mustache and like painter's clothes on and a cap. And like he looked like you would hire him to like at Home Depot. Okay. And he goes, can I help you? Like, perfect English. Okay. And I was like, oh, yeah. He's all like, oh, no, boss. Uh, we didn't find those cards. Uh, but uh, I'll let you know. But I felt so stupid. Like, why did I assume that they just only spoke Spanish? <laughs> sure. So, so, wait. You finished this. Did they find the cards? We never found the cards. Oh, fuck. Is he fired them. then or what? He got fired. No, really? Over this? Dave, Dave fired him. Were well, they really expensive? Well, what's so funny is Cameron's family has money. Yeah. So the dad offered to buy a new set of cards. And I found out it was like 200 bucks. Right? And Dave, But Dave told the people, do not let this kid buy these cards. 
right? Yeah. And then, um, well, this is what I learned. I learned that also that morning he had also majorly fucked up. He Cameron didn't know yet. But Cameron, again, this is something a dumb 20-year-old does. They had an electrician who came to work at the office. This is when Dave was in the Bahamas with Shannon proposing to her. And the electrician just kept coming in and out of the office. And, the, and it's one of those offices where the door always locks behind you. Mm-hmm. So Cameron was sick of going to answer the door for him. So Cameron gave the electrician the key. Okay. And the electrician and then never came back. Uh. <laughs> and Dave was like, Dave found out and was like, what? So some random guy has the key to my office. And then Cameron loses the cards. And so Cameron is now fired. So unemployed. He's unemployed. Yeah, but he did find a full-time job at some restaurant in Orange County. Maybe that's the best thing for him. But I know he really wanted to work in the music business. I know he really admired Dave. I know that he really loved his job. And this is a very sad end to that experiment. It's a good story, though. Um, I have a story, Joey. Well, this just happened like an hour ago. So it wasn't actually one of my stories. But I was just on Grinder, And I saw Rod Kyle on there. And, like, for some reason, I feel like I feel really, like, not I have hurt. a question, and this is kind of personal. Yeah. Is his, is his name on his profile? No. Uh-uh. Okay. All right. Why is that personal? Because I was being like, fuck that guy if his name, because we couldn't say his name on the show. And that sh- was my choice. I chose not to say his name. He never told me, like, don't say my name on your show. Let's be honest. Rod Kyle's voice does not sound like that. <laughs> I threw my head back so far with that laugh that my earphones came out of my ears. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I feel really weird about it. And it. why am I, like, emotional and feeling shitty about it when I was on Grinder too? Like, I know. I know. I know. Did you message him? No, I actually blocked him. So That's smart. Smart. If smart, you, smart. If you don't know Grindr, uh, there's a couple straight people listening. Um, if you block somebody, that means that they can't see you when they sign on and you can't see them again. So they're like no longer in your group of people you see. So, um, so yeah, I blocked him. I don't know why I kind of like got emotional about it. I was like, Oh God, I don't know. It's really weird. It's weird. And it's over. And like, it's definitely over. We might hang out one day as friends, but like, I don't know. He should be on grinder. Everything is fine with that, but I feel really weird about it. Hello? I heard that you were on Grinder and you saw Rod Kyle and it hurt your feelings. <laughs> it's an Adele song. I heard that you blocked his ass. Okay, so you saw him on Grinder. What was his profile picture? Um, it was like a goofy picture of him, like with a goofy face. It's like a selfie in wait, the mirror. If, wait, hold on. If you're going on Grinder, are you putting a goofy face? Like, I would never, ever click a picture of a guy. I don't care how hot he is if he's doing a goofy face. Um. Yeah, I don't. And see that his thing doesn't say, like, looking for sex, right? Oh, I should have seen what. You know how the, it asks the question, like, what you're looking for? And it's like friendship, relationship, sex, or whatever. I should have looked to see what he put. I don't remember what he put. Yeah, would but it I, be great if he was like, um, I'm looking for someone a little smaller. My last boyfriend stretched me out. <sighs> um, Yeah, so that happened. I really don't. I do not understand why I'm like emotional about this. I like. Are you really emotional about it? On a scale of one to ten, how upset are you like, about this? I was ready to start crying and I don't know <gasps> why. I have no idea why. Like, it doesn't make sense. I know, but. I can't imagine you as showing emotion. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I know. I know. You were going to cry. Cause, do you think he... Now, RK, we know, is very emotional. So do you think what? he was equally emotional as you? He's not, he's not really emotional. I don't know why you thought that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. I just assumed he was really emotional. No, he's not. Um, quite the opposite, actually. So. Oh, interesting. So you think he was like, oh, there's that fucker. Well, he wasn't signed on. 
Like, oh um, yeah, because that's fucked up. That grinder does that, by the way. So yeah. you get like a hundred guys that you can see for free, right? right? And if they were legit, they would show you a hundred guys who are active right now. Yeah, but they'll show you like right. twenty, and it'll be like eighty guys who like signed on six hours ago. And yeah, so bullshit. his was like his. He was signed on like an hour beforehand, and probably left for work because he he was still within my radius. So. He just hasn't signed on yet. So I blocked him. So I don't know if he even saw me. Does that make sense? Yes. But. Interesting. Uh, love my grinder. Just kidding. So are you afraid to go on grinder now? No, I blocked him. So like that is, it is what it is. Totally blocked him. Does Rod Kyle have an iPad? No, he has just his iPhone. So. Oh, okay. You're good. Yeah. Because I've blocked people, and then they sign on their iPad, and then yell at me for blocking them. Joey, that just happened to me. This guy, um, we were chatting a little bit. He was really nice. All, and then all of a sudden, he was like, well, why don't you uh, – I told, it was like at, late at night. And I was like, yeah, I'm really tired. He's like, well, why don't you give me your address? I can help you relax. And I was like, oh, no, I'm good. And then he was like – just kind of pushy. So I was like, hey, you're being a little bit pushy, and that's – uh." Not what I'm looking for. And he was like, I'm not being pushy. Oh, my God. And I was like, um, so I blocked him, right? Uh, the next morning, I get a chat, and he's like, chat. someone's chatting with me. Obviously, because of the way I'm telling the story, you know it's this guy. But he's, like, chatting with me, and he never reveals that we chatted the night before and that I blocked him. And I was like, oh, like, what do you do for work or whatever? And then he was like, send me your, send me some pics, man. And then he sent me, like, five pics, and they were the same pictures he sent me the night before. And I was like, dude, last night you were pushy. This morning you're creepy. Like, this is not okay. I'm not creepy! <laughs> That's weird, right? If somebody blocks you, take the fucking hit and leave them alone. I know. I know. I I, I, I don't get people on Grindr. They're yeah. so, like, are you... It's almost like the equivalent of when people whistle at... You know, like, when construction workers whistle at a chick... When she walks by, kind of. Has I that, think that ever that's worked? Better. Has that ever I, worked? With a chick ever gone like, "Woo, I'm hot stuff today," and then like goes up to the guys and like, "Hey guys," and like lifts up her blouse and like sh- jiggles her titties for them. That's never. They would lose their minds if that happened. That never works, right? Right. So on Grinder, you have these guys who they'll just get super pushy, and do they think that that works? Where the guy's gonna go like, "Okay, well, since you demanded it, I will now give you my address, and you can come over." I have a f- I have my friend Daniel who we've talked about before. We will send us send one another screen grabs of like weird things that happen on Grinder, and one that's really funny is he was like, he said like hey to a guy. The guy said hey back, and there was like an hour pause, and then the guy said, and this is a direct quote that we say back and forth to one another now. He said, "Yes, I want a sex." The guy- <laughs> So we just say that back and forth to each other because it's so funny. Um, I posted one on the Pride 48 group. Um, do you, are you in the Pride 48 group? Where is that at? On Facebook? I don't know. Um, I posted one that um, some guy messaged me and he said, not bad looking for an old guy. Oh, I saw that. No, I did. Say, so I'm in, the, I'm in the group. Yeah, I saw that. What the fuck? So I responded, K, thanks, bye. <laughs> Cause I know, but then. So weird. <laughs> It's weird. Do you think that – I don't know. Do you think – and the guy was like 22. It wasn't like he was super young. I don't know. It's so weird. Well, you know, I'm going to tell you something. I've actually been shocked by how the thing with age has changed because I remember when I was 22, I hooked up with a 27-year-old. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm hooking up with such an older guy. Meanwhile, he was 27. Right. Now, to me, a 27-year-old's a baby. Right. Well, that happens because you were 27 a decade ago. Um, what was I going to tell you? Um, okay, Memorial Day. Yeah, what'd you do? So, my I have this cousin Richard. He's a week younger than me, and he's gay, and he also lives in East LA. Oh, I have to call him, Joey. I'm the I worst know. girl. I keep hearing about this every day. Okay, he's nice about it, but he's like, "Is Mike Lawson really busy?" And I'm like, yeah, he's really busy. I It just is one of those things that, like, I remember when I'm, like, in the shower or I remember when I'm, like, on another phone call or something. It's not that I'm, like, too busy to do it. It's you just should not... call him right after we get off 
this call because he's at school. And then he won't answer. <laughs> and I should call him just during school hours. Yeah. And then I then we could talk and I'll yeah. be like, is he like too busy to talk to me? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Memorial Day, I'm sorry. So Memorial Day. So he'd been driving around his home city of East LA and he saw a sign promoting a Memorial Day celebration at this look like this it's basically at the center of East LA called Cinco Puntos. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I so he was like, oh, I don't know what they do there. He said, but do you want to go? And I go, sure, I'll go. And I found out it was at 10 a.m. Well, in talking about it, I found out that my mom's cousins go to this and they go every year. And so they were like, oh my god, it's crazy and it's exciting. And I was like, whoa, what goes on in this Memorial Day event? And they're like, oh, you have to get there early. It's super packed. I'm like what? Like it's such a rinky-dink little part of town. So. I tell Richard, and Richard's like, oh, my God, we better get there. Like, it's supposed to start at 10. We should get there, like, at 9. So I pick up Richard. We actually don't get there until 930. But luckily, my mom's cousins has saved us. They got there, like, super early and saved us these seats. It wasn't that crowded. I mean, it was it was a nice-sized crowd. But I was imagining, like, a Queen concert or something. You know, I've never seen – have you ever seen Queen in a small concert? Like, it, it always seemed like they were, like, in – like, in Romania and the whole city's packed with people or something. Anyway. <laughs> so we get there and so we're like they got there so early. We're like a Queen concert is the most random. Have you ever seen reference. like video from a I've never seen a video of Queen and they're just like, "Hey, we're in we're at the Hollywood, you know, Palladium." It's always yeah, but like, like Queen is like such a dated reference. It's so weird. Oh, not when Adam Lambert's going to be fronting it on its new oh. world tour. Yeah. Anyway, so, <laughs> it's because Queen is the only band where I've seen that. Every other band, even like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, I've seen them in smaller venues. Every video I've seen of Queen, there's like, the whole world is at this concert. Okay, okay. okay. The point is, it wasn't that big. Okay. So, we're in the second row, and there's a program, and the mayor of Los Angeles is going to be there, and, like, Congress people are going to be there. I'm like, whoa, for this rinky-dink Memorial Day thing? But the guest speaker is this guy named Harry Pregerson. Okay? Okay. He's a judge on the Ninth Circuit. And so whatever. Who cares, right? Sitting in front of me in this is this 94-year-old World War II veteran. Mm-hmm. He turns to me and Richard, and he goes, uh, opens the program. He sees, sees this guy, Harry Pregerson. And I'm like, yeah. And then he whips out this old, old class photo, like the kind that you have to unfold. Mm-hmm. It says Belvedere Junior High, class of 1938. He goes, see this guy? That's me. And then he moves his finger over a few, and he goes, that's Harry Pregerson. Okay. And I go, oh, okay, wow. He goes, yeah, I went to school with him. And then he shows me, he has like this whole album dedicated to Harry Pregerson. Like, I guess he wrote Harry Pregerson a fan letter. And Harry Pregerson was like, oh, thanks. You know, whatever. Right? I'm like, okay, thanks, old man. Thank you for your service. Okay. Program starts. Um, There's, you know, like flag salute, all this business that you have in these kinds of things, right? Mayor of L.A., now it's time for Harry Pregerson. And Harry Pregerson is like 95 years old. And by the way, yeah. like still on the Ninth Circuit, he's still an active judge. I was like, yeah. Dude. He's like really well known for like, didn't he have, like he was one of like a couple of guys that removed Gray Davis. Yeah. And then yeah. made way for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, no, no, no. He actually was trying, no, I read about him. He turned down, he rejected he was part of the three judges who were like, no, you can't do this. And then the whole oh. judges came and overruled him. Got you. Okay. So he's super liberal, like super liberal. Got he you. said the only good Supreme Court justice in, in his speech, the only good Supreme Court justice was Sotomayor. Even though I think he was playing to the crowd because they were all Mexican. Anyway. Sure. um, Who has diabetes, by the way? Sotomayor. Sotomayor. And then also this Brett Michaels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess he, like, had low blood. Did you see this news story? Yeah, yeah, okay. I did. Anyway, so... 
And now this I just think of most, you. The, let's just call this show the Tangent Show. Yeah. Joe, Joe Batangent. Yeah. So anyway, so Pregerson's talking, right? Talking, talking, talking. And at one point, he says, and I look into the crowd and I see my old friend, you know, Sergeant Martinez. But that's not the guy in front of me. It's a guy clear on the other side of the uh, audience, right? And I can see the guy in front of me just, like, itching. He wants Harry yeah. Pregerson to acknowledge him, right? Uh-huh. And he's, like, raising his hand. And Pregerson's uh-huh. just talking, right? So finally, I'm in front of him. I'm right behind him. He hands me his American flag. He goes, hold this. I'm going to go interrupt him. <laughs> what? Yeah, and he takes out his photo album. And he gets on his cane and he starts walking to the stage. Oh my god. He's gonna stop Harry Pregerson during his speech (laughs) to interrupt him. I go, fuck. I I turn to Richard. I go, why did this fucking shit happen to me? And you're holding his stuff. I'm holding his stuff now. Yeah. So now they're gonna think I'm the crazy grand, great grandson or something. So luckily, he's 94 and it takes him forever to do anything. So by the time he reaches the stage, the speech is done. The next speaker's already yeah, no. like concluding. <laughs> the next speaker's already up on the thing. So he just walks back and he's like, I'll just talk to him later. Which I will say, in fairness, he did talk to him later. Okay. And they got to hang out. Let me just wrap okay. this story up. Is Afterwards, we went to the American Legion Hall for some free chicken and mashed potatoes <laughs> or something like that, right? And my cousin, of course, my mom's cousin rushed over there to save us a table, me and Richard and her and her husband. So we have around a table, and then they let they were letting people go up and get their food, table at a time. So we leave our table. There's on there's a it's a hall filled of tables. We go through the line and get our free you know tortillas and stuff. We get back to the table. The old man is sitting there. Oh, he he went to this all alone. Yeah, he drives. Oh, he, Joe, and then you sat and talked to him the whole time, right? Yeah. I go, you're 94? You, well, yuck, I was upset. I was like, you're 94 and you drive? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, they try to take my license away just because I hit some police officer. What? Yeah. And I was like, wait, <gasps> you hit a police officer? He's like, yeah, but I told him, he, sorry, I don't know, he started getting his old man talk and I just lost it. I just stopped listening. But yes, and that was the end of the day, 92-year-old guy. What's going wow. on? What's going on with you? Well, um... So the other, do you watch Veep? By the way, this, this I is do. A oh, weird story. that. Well, the former campaign manager is so fucking hot. It's he's, ugh. he's pretty, he's pretty handsome. So there's this funny moment in one of the recent episodes where one of the characters is collecting semen for like some in vitro procedure that he's going to be doing with his wife, right? Um, and at the end of the episode, Dan, who most people know as Buster from Arrested Development. Wait, Dan? No. No, no, no. Dan is the hot guy. Dan's the hot guy. Buster. What is Buster's name on there? It doesn't matter. So Buster is like drunk and he was like, let's throw cum. Let's throw cum, right? Yeah. And I thought this moment was very funny. So my friend Jonathan also watches Veep and we were cracking up over this moment. So... Um, I text messaged him the other day, uh, by the way, I'm on a Mac, so I'm also using iMessage. So I text messaged him and I said, let's throw come, let's throw come exclamation point. And then he responded, ha ha. And we like had a conversation, but then later that day, I'm doing a Google hangout meeting with at my work. Um, and I have iMessage open in the background. I think you can kind of already guess where this is going, but my coworker comes over to share Gary meeting. Huh? Gary is Gary. Yeah. So she comes over to share the meeting with me, and we're like having the meeting. Everything's fine. During the meeting, she very gently reaches her finger up and just puts her finger over the word come, which is showing in the background, just the little edge of my iMessage, right? It's showing. And it just says, like, come exclamation point. So she like puts her finger on it and then looks at me, but we're in a meeting. I can't be like, it's a quote from Veep. It's not anything nasty, but mm-hmm. so she's like certain that I'm doing this at work, um, like sexting people, but I'm not like Joey. I don't sext people. So uh-huh. um, that happened, but we, I, we actually made up for it because that, so that was my embarrassing moment, but then she, 
later that day at lunch, she was telling me that her, like, I guess boyfriend, the guy that she'd been dating, he, uh, they were at a party and she started making out with a girl, but just like a couple of kisses, right? And she was like, it was kind of no big deal, but he got really upset. He's not talking to me now, yada, 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 right? And Pandora's playing on my computer. And I was like, hey, I'm going to go into the other room for this phone call. Do you want me to leave Pandora on or should I turn it off? And she was like, leave it on. That's fine. I like it. So I go for the the meeting. And then when I come back, <laughs> playing on Pandora is I Kissed a Girl by Katy Perry. Uh-huh. That's ironic, right? And so, like, we laughed and, like, I think we're okay. Like, she really, I think she believes that the cum thing wasn't me sexting on my work computer. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. Well, I mean, we have, like, a bring-your-own-technology um, clause, so, like, I mean, it's my computer. It's not a big deal, but it still is interesting. Have you ever sexted? Not really. No, I don't think so. Um, Like, I mean, I've been, like, away from somebody and, like, written some sort of... um. I've I've written messages that were like I would not no no I have not <laughs> no I have not wait what 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 was that all about well I was like I've written messages like I can't wait till you get home so we could do this or something but it wasn't like masturbating while we were doing it or anything it was just like really flirtatious texting have you ever masturbated <laughs> that's a dumb question yes of course. Mike, your sister listens. Your sister listens. <laughs> so does your brother. Yeah, well. Who, who I want to fill with 15 babies, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you how many text messages and Snapchats um, I've received this week. There was one, like, people with earphones in saying, like, it's funny. It's, like, the same shot I got from multiple people with their earphones in, their mouth uh, wide open and it'll say like <laughs> me hearing about Joe sexing his brother or <laughs> one of them I think it was Brian Gregory sent me one and it said hashtag 15 babies mm-hmm. yeah so there's that well yeah, now you know dun, I, dun, think, dun, dun. I actually have a theory about that story if you haven't listened to the last episode Joe accidentally sent a sexy text message to his brother instead of some guy from Grindr and my theory is that you actually sent something much more scandalous and you told the story on the, the podcast that it was this text message and it was dirty and it's embarrassing but I think it was like probably much worse and you don't want to like tell that story because why would you tell the whole story if you were so embarrassed i have to go delete it i mm-hmm. i think this is you controlling the message i will never know will we <laughs> we'll never know what's going on in la any news stories you want to talk well about? not exactly la but again like i said we recorded last friday i think we should do a cursory discussion kind of a lot of cursory cursory discussion of the tragic events in santa barbara i have to say about this um uh, not specifically about the event itself, as for those who don't know or people who are listening way in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, 22-year-old Elliot Rogers, uh, who was a very angry, misogynistic young man, a la Mike Lawson, went and shot up Isla Vista, which is sort of like the college town around UC Santa Barbara, where all the college kids live, and killed seven people. But I think that includes his roommate's and uh, some people he saw on the street, whatnot. And I'm actually not so interested in the gun control debate because that's a whole other issue. Um, unless you want to bring that up, Mike. But more about like the misogyny and this 22-year-old virgin entitlement to sex thing. Okay, what do you want to talk about? Well, because it's weird because... And I actually was listening to a podcast today where someone brought this up. Where there have been discussion about how there are people who have said that he brings up points in a crazy way. Not necessarily points, but he, he's exhibiting feelings that a lot of young men his age have, 
but now they become instantly turned crazy because he's a crazy person and, and killed people because of it. But sort of like this broke, I know he hates bros, which is so funny. And, um, and he hates his bro culture, but it's one of these things where, yeah, bro culture is really fucking sucky. I don't think we should kill them. And I don't think we should kill these women. That's the whole, you see, that's the problem. If you separate, he, he, and he makes crazy points too. Like, did you see the videos by the way that he made? No, not really. So he made these videos where he's talking about what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. And they're very disturbing. But what's really weird is he does like those like evil villain laughs. Mm-hmm. And if you're like, um, you're like, this, wait, did someone just seriously laugh like this? He'll be, he's like, I'm just making this part up. He'll be like, and I'm going to shoot everybody. <laughs> and you're like, whoa, someone actually just really did that in real life. And it's really creepy. But the point is, is he feels a lot of anger because he's 22 years old and women have ignored him. What's so funny is if I could have gotten a hold of this kid, I would have been like, women are ignoring you because you're creepy and weird, not because you're ugly and not a bro. But, um, but about women ignoring him and how they only go with bros, you know? And so my question to you is, Mike, do you only date bros? No, I did everything. Well, I don't actually think that I've dated any bros. No, but what would you say is the equivalent of bro in gay culture? I don't know that there is one because there's like a... Because I'm from Los Angeles, and I will say this. I've been to a few other cities in my life and been to their gay neighborhoods, and LA is the worst fucking gay city ever. It's the they're so fucking cruel to their own people, you know. I feel that you go to other cities like San Francisco. I mean, I'm sure San Francisco has its bitchy side too. But like, if you go to like others like Orlando or Dallas, I'm just thinking of places I've been: New York City, Washington D.C. You go to these places, and they're a lot more accepting than Los Angeles. I feel Los Angeles is probably the grossest and worst gay culture out there. Do you agree, Mike Lawson? I don't agree. I think that gay culture has like this side to it, but I think that that's like, I think every community does. There's like these like clicky sort of, I don't, I don't know that LA's any worse. Oh. Like, I don't think really that the gay community is much worse either when it comes to this. Um, or I much think better. Every, community has it no but there are people who um and i know a lot of my friends out there who are listening if you're not super young if you're not super thin if you're not white if you're not a twink it's harder for you in the gay community especially in los angeles especially in west hollywood if you don't have a certain look it's a lot harder I will say social media and grinder and things like that um, have really helped people who aren't don't fit that small mold because so you can find your other people. Yeah. But I will say before, so I, if it weren't for social media, I would be like the saddest, loneliest gay man. In, I doubt it. In fact, one of you know what's funny is one of the things that I you know I've often related to is there was a a guy that I. I, I shouldn't say dated. I think messed around with on a for a long time on a frequent basis. Um, what is there a word for that? A fuck buddy, right? Sure. I had this fuck buddy that I was set up with, who it was so weird because um, when I met, I had heard that this guy liked fat guys. Okay. So I did. I kind of didn't believe it, right? And then I met this guy. We were kind of set up. And when he, I remember he was turned around, his back was to me. And when he was introduced to me, he had this look in his fucking eyes. It was as if Zach Efron was like naked, like holding his hard penis. Oh, wait, for you? It was as if a Cambodian boy was on like an elephant riding up like, to Yeah, I don't like these jokes that you make about that. <laughs> And that's why I like making them, because they make you so angry. So anyway, 
Um, he had this look of, and this guy was so up in my business that it gave me a lot of self-confidence. You know, yeah. I would yeah. say it pushed me into a new, hooking up with him on a regular basis really pushed me into a new self-confidence and acceptance that I don't think I would have had otherwise. I had a lot sure. of, I have a lot of problems with this person. His name's Nick. I can say that, right? Yeah. I had a lot of problems with Nick, but, um, but also I will say he helped make me, make me go like, oh, wait, no, I am pretty good for somebody, you know? Right. So I will always thank him for that. But what I'm saying is I could see how someone who's never felt that would be frustrated. I don't, he's obviously met, uh, Elliot Rogers is obviously mentally ill when he says it to the point of murder, but I could see that sense of frustration. But there could also be like a disconnect. So it's very difficult in the world that he was living in for him to find the Nick that was into him that he was also into. Does that make sense? Like, yes you can there's always somebody that will find you attractive but like the other side of that coin is you have to find that person attractive well what's so funny is if this it's almost like this kid needed an it gets better thing for him one and let's be honest the kid wasn't bad looking he was one good haircut and maybe a mild nose job away from being actually very good looking i think he was not ugly at all he kind of in a weird way reminds me of your ward jose like, you know what? Similar. It's so funny that you say that. I was thinking today when I was driving that Jose could play him in a movie. Yeah, totally. Like, I don't think that they're like identical twins or anything. But this kid was like, wasn't he like saying racist things as well? And like, oh, Jose's this... obviously not. No, but no, but you don't have to be the person to play that person. But um, no, the kid had a lot of fucked up problems. But um. He wasn't a bad-looking guy, but he almost needed an It Gets Better campaign because I've actually talked to a lot of young men who've gone through what this Elliot Rogers was going through, people that we know and whatnot, and I've told them, and it always pans out, just fucking wait. College is a rough time for people like Elliot Rogers, um, and what they don't realize is girls, young women in college are very attracted to bros and they're very attracted to bros for a long time. But I would say around the mid twenties, right? Mid to late twenties, the power, here's the thing. Okay. Now we're getting into sexual dynamics here, but I would say for men and women, something happens. I can't give you the exact age and it's probably different for every individual case, but somewhere between the mid and late twenties, the power dynamic between men and women shifts. So the women, have all the power, sexual power, sexual politics, sexual currency, whatever you want to call it. They hold it up until the mid to late 20s. And then once a, a, a woman hits mid to late 20s, some or men too, something happens where for a lot of people that shifts and women stop liking the bros and they become a more even playing field. Does that make sense? And so I think someone like Elliot Rogers, if he, if he could have just waited and been normal and gotten mental help, he would have met another crazy town girl who would have liked them and they could have had crazy town babies. Yeah. I think it is unfortunate, like you said, because I think many times when we are in the middle of uh, a problem, it feels like it's the end and it's not going to get any better. And I, that is unfortunate. I agree with you. Cause I, I can think back to many things when I was his age or a little bit younger or a little bit older that I thought were the end of my world and everything was, you know, going to be horrible forever. And thank God it's not. Okay. Before we end the story, I just want to say, I'm not excusing Elliot Rogers or what he did. I think he's a crazy person and what he did was evil and horrible, and I feel sorry for the people who were murdered and suffered from this and their families. I'm talking about people like Ellie Rogers who are going through the same thing and how I wish that they could realize it gets better. All right, what's going on in the Bay Area, Mike? So, weird story, Joey. 13-year-old boy is sleeping in his bed. San Rafael um, is a city up here. He's sleeping in his bed. Uh, his mom is in a bed in the same room, which Creepy. the story doesn't really elaborate on, but maybe they're, you know... Maybe she's a single mother. It's a one-bedroom apartment. I don't know. Sure. But she's, a, she's asleep in the same room in a bed. This 13-year-old kid wakes up at 1 a.m. and he finds a naked man in his bed with him. Uh-huh. He freaks out. Sure. He goes, to, he goes to his mom. The mom wakes the man up. 
The guy grabs his boxers from the floor and he runs. She calls the police. He's arrested. It's a 34-year-old man named Cesar Lopez Villagres. Mm-hmm. He's a week younger than me and he's gay. Go on. <laughs> he was... Um, <laughs> his attorney saying he was drunk. There's, uh, He has no memory of the events. He has actually no criminal record. He just wandered into the wrong house and got into bed with this 13-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious what you think about it. Is this a sex crime? Like, you're naked in a bed with a 13-year-old. Is I was so drunk I don't remember it. Is that a defense? Like, okay. And the kid has says nothing happened to him. He just woke up. Yeah, to this guy. He didn't even didn't even touch the kid. So the guy just got into his bed. He didn't touch him or anything weird. Well, <laughs> nothing weird happened. He just wandered into a thirteen year old's bed and got naked. I what makes me mad is you don't know how many times I was thirteen years old lying in bed wishing a naked man would wake up in my bed, <laughs> and it never happened. Anyway, <laughs> so there's the details of the story, which I find weird. But then there's on the flip side, like I can't get over that this kid is in the same bedroom as his mom. He's 13 years old. He needs his own room. Here's the thing. If you're looking at this from a legal perspective and I'm just and I'm not a lawyer, as you know. What? Uh, no, not a lawyer. But if you're I guess I'm thinking if you're looking at this, if I'm th- if I'm thinking about this. If he has no priors and he says this is what happened, right? If this is a thing that goes to jury trial, the burden of proof is on the people to prove that the guy went in there with an intent to harm the kid. Now, I'm not saying he's not guilty of other charges like um, indecent exposure and breaking in and blah, blah, blah. But in terms of the lewd acts with a child, I'm going to say they see. In theory, they should have a tough time proving this to a jury. I think when it comes to children, though, juries are easily swayed. Yeah. So he might act if the prosecution decides to go with it, they might actually do it. But I'm thinking, I mean, if the guy doesn't have a record, if the guy says, I was drunk and I went to the wrong house and I just went to the wrong bed and then nothing happened to the kid, I'm going to say you bring up the guy on some minor misdemeanor charges and you let him go home. I mean, I don't know what else you can do. Labeling him as a, a sex, um, what are they called? Sex offender. Sex offender. Like, labeling him as a sex offender could really ruin this guy for... Ruin his life. For a drunken night. Ruin but, his life. I don't know. I think there might also be something fishy here. Like, do you think he could possibly not actually be a stranger? Like, how are you so drunk that you can wander into someone's house, but, like, you don't wake them up when you're breaking in? I don't know. I but I've heard a weird. lot of stories about people doing these kinds of things, and I have a couple of friends who have done similar things when we were in college. Okay. I think that that might be a little bit weird. I don't know. And, like, he also, like, when he was woken up, like, put his pants on and, like, ran. Like, he was with it enough to do that. I don't know. There's something fishy about it. I don't know. But also, Where did how many... you come from, baby? And ooh, don't you da 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 ba da da da? Tenderonia, ba ba ba. What? I can't recall how many times I've woken up next to a naked stranger and wished that he would just put his pants on and run. Put your pants on <laughs> and run away. What else da, is up da, in da, LA? I'm gonna help you gain. Da 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 da. Da 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 da. What else is happening in LA? I want to sleep in your bed. P.Y.T. Pretty young thing. What? What else is happening in L.A.? (sighs) (sighs) Okay, so I have this cousin, Richard. He's a week younger than I am, and he's gay. And he called me during the week because he was really upset. And this has been a minor news story in L.A. I don't think it's gone outside of L.A. But in Boyle Heights, which is a neighborhood in East L.A. that is just across the river from Los Angeles. So it's like downtown L.A., a very small river, and then Boyle Heights. Okay? Mm-hmm. A flyer was seen around Boyle Heights that said that was promoting a bike ride at, around Boyle Heights to prospective buyers if they wanted to buy homes in Boyle Heights. It, it was actually geared towards... um 
people who flip houses and people who were interested in doing that. And, and, the, and the headline said something along the lines of like, like, why rent in downtown when you can own in Boyle Heights? And all you need is forty thousand dollars down, and blah blah blue. And then it sort of promoted this te- this bike ride, and then after the bike ride was a discussion where they were going to have artisanal treats. Which can we just please fucking get rid of that word artisanal? But they were going to have artisanal treats, right? And talk about how people could buy homes in Boyle Heights. I made a mistake. The flyer wasn't in Boyle Heights; it was somewhere else. But trying to get white people, presumably, this is in the article. To go into Boyle Heights and be interested in buying property there. As downtown Los Angeles explodes, um, Boyle Heights property is becoming more and more expensive. People are going in there and there's gentrification going on. People were really upset. Richard was really upset and talked about how all these people started like writing these horrible things to this realty company. And so finally the realty company had to cancel the event. It's canceled. Okay. First of all, Mike, I want to hear your thoughts on this. So basically, Richard and a lot of people from East LA were upset that this flyer was promoting coming into Boyle Heights and buying up the property. Well, I think gentrification is like an issue. Like, think of it, like, take, if possible, like, remove, like, race from it specifically. So, like, um, like, imagine that you've been living in your house for, like, 20 years, right? Suddenly, a different group of people starts moving in which on the surface is no problem, but they're wealthier than you. Maybe they speak a language you don't speak. They start opening stores that sell things that you can't afford. Like, it, it, it's a problem. that It is a problem for these people, and I understand why other people take issue with it. I get it. And then, like, what's that going to do to the rent? Like, basically, you're just telling these people – you're coming in and taking the land away from people who have been able to afford in a, na- a neighborhood but now when my son graduates high school there's no way he can afford to live in this neighborhood anymore he's gonna have to leave so i, I get it this is where capitalism joe comes in yeah there's also a, a a movement called and it's been around for a while called hentification right and it's actually been particularly noted in boyle heights and hentification is the idea of Latinos who've gotten out of East LA, who've gone on, gotten degrees, gotten really good jobs, have now made some money, and now they are coming back to Boyle Heights or East Los Angeles, buying up the property, and they're Latino, but they're buying up the property and going back to their old neighborhood. That's hentification. Hmm. My problem with the ire that was drawn by Richard and his cohorts is that the people who are putting on this bike ride look the bike the flyer was cornball and very tone deaf okay it was culturally tone deaf i'll give it tone deaf is a good way of saying it like you just don't understand that what you're doing is offense could be considered offensive i'll say that but this is america and people can go and buy if no one they're not forcing the people to sell you know so if they go in there and they say i want to buy your property as an investment and these people say yes, and they buy it, and they—I mean, they, these people aren't doing anything wrong. If they want to make an area prettier, if they think, see it as an investment, they want to buy in. What I'm saying is, I'm not saying that these people—I'm not saying that I'm going to call them Richard and his friends. I'm not saying Richard and his friends aren't—I'm not saying they're wrong, but I'm saying that the the attention and the focus is in the wrong direction. They should be focusing in on their own people and saying, "People, we need to buy in Boyle Heights." white people have seen the intrinsic value of this neighborhood and they're going to come in and buy and they're going to flip it. We need to buy it here. We need to be the one that gentrify it ourselves because if we don't do it, someone else will. Yeah. The people in Boyle Heights have all the money that these white folks. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. But that's what Richard and his friends are saying. No, 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 no. I'll use a specific example. I'll use a specific example. So Richard's brother just got married and he and his wife, the brother and his wife, are looking to buy a house. And Richard has recommended to them, oh, why don't you buy in Boyle Heights? And they know there's a a, a stigma about East L.A. and Boyle Heights so that uh, Richard's brother, who lives in all the Latinos that would be able to buy live in the suburbs now. So the people in the suburbs have this image of East LA that it's like very dangerous or whatever. And so they don't want to buy in East LA. And what I'm saying is that attention needs to be put there and say, no people, you need to buy in East LA. 
I think the problem is maybe a little bit bigger than that too, though, about like having affordable housing and having like real opportunity for folks so that they can fight. I don't know if I like the word fight, but they can rival the money that's coming up and like taking over their neighborhoods. There's not a good way for them to really stand up against that. Well, oh, the people who live there know they're fucked. But it's one of these things where the writing's on the wall and you have to be either, you have to think, okay, I'm either going to just bitch and moan as it happens or I'm going to do something about it. And I think the doing something about it is making a hard campaign, a hard sell for Latinos to buy up the property and and make it better and improve it themselves and live there. Hmm. Boyle Heights actually is a very, very pretty neighborhood. And if someone goes in there, they could make it very pretty. Sure. Yeah, I I can see that there's a lot of people that talk about gentrification, especially in like the Oakland area, because um, there's a lot there's a lot of like uh, uh, really expensive housing coming in, and um, so it gets talked a lot about here. And I I see it as a problem. I understand, you know, why it could be a problem. I I kind of see what you're saying too. Um, I I don't think we disagree. I just think we would probably have to talk about talk it out a little bit more to fully agree what's going on in the bay area mike lawson well this is a, a bay area story that as of this morning is now an la story as well there's this anonymous person anonymous person i said it weird uh who's hiding cash around san francisco and then he's tweeting about it he's using the twitter name at hidden cash he gave out over four thousand dollars since last thursday um, he's been tweeting clues, directing people to envelopes stuffed with $20 and $100 bills. Uh, this morning, he posted one in L.A. It's the first one he's done in L.A., in LA but he's supposedly working on a plan to start doing this more often. Um, a week ago, he had basically no Twitter followers. Today, he has like 73,000, something ridiculous. Um, and the anonymous person talked to the ABC News up here uh, anonymously, of course. And this is a quote from the news story. He said, people complain that the price of real estate here is pretty high and I have benefited from that. I want to do something fun for the city of San Francisco, something that would get people excited. So he's been giving away about $1,000 a day in cash. And the clues, they like read like riddles. Usually yeah. they have a photo with them too. So this morning in L.A., he said, little old lady was from here, and I mean the old part. Be safe, have fun, pay it forward. So okay. what do you think of this? Well, that uh, that one's easy. I didn't get the one yesterday was like robins and something or other lay their eggs here. And I was like, a nest? I don't know what that would be. I wonder where it was. Do you ever find out where it was? No, uh-uh. I don't really actually follow it. I only have been following what has been reported on. Okay, so clearly sense. today it's in Old Town Pasadena. But Old Town Pasadena is still a wide area. Where would where does he hide him in like Well under- there was so that he gives like three clues for him. Mm-hmm. Um so the first one was the old lady I just said and then the next clue for the same stash of money said uh something about singing fireman of something. Something about a singing fireman. Okay. And then there was a third one and I think that somebody found it after that. I like I said, I don't play, pay super close attention. But what do you think about this? I think it's really cool. I I wish I was good at riddles so I could solve it and find this for cock the money. I would love to be the yeah. person that finds the money. Like a hundred bucks would be fun. Yeah, I would love to find a um, hundred bucks. Who wouldn't? So love to what find do you bucks? what What do you think uh, is happening in San Francisco? <laughs> do you think people are oh, loving people it are here? Pay- okay. <laughs> Why are they pissed, I, yeah, Joe? Okay. They are First pissed. First of all, I love how everyone in LA is so excited and they think it's so fun and oh yay. I'm sure in San Francisco they're saying, why didn't he just donate the money <laughs> yeah. to a worthy cause? Uh, the Well, I mean, it's I, there are people that are excited, you're right, but it gets ruined because these people are like, um, he could have given this money to charity or another um, common sort of opinion is that he is a billionaire and he's giving away $20 bills so he could see us scramble and run around the city but and if, go crazy if, for his money. He's anonymous. 
How do you know he hasn't given money to charity? How do you know what his right. motives are? One, can- well, in fact, in the ABC News article, he said he does give plenty of money to charity. This is a way to give directly to people. I love it. So. I love it. Let me tell you this: there was I. I don't really donate to a lot of organizations. The only organization I've ever because here's why: I don't like that like ninety percent of the money goes to like administrative needs and whatever. Oh, and I take big beef with that. But go on. Well, because you're part of it. You're part of the problem. Because you need people to run a fucking organization so that good work can happen. Mm -hmm. Because, like, how dare they pay people a competitive wage? You should only have people that will get paid pennies work for a nonprofit. That's the stupidest sentiment I've ever heard in my life. So, anyway. That really rubs me So, I um, donated to this one organization called ModestNeeds.org. I love Modest Needs. Here's what Modest Needs is. People go there and they say, like, if I don't pay my gas bill, if I don't pay my light bill, it's going to be turned off, right? Or this. they have Whatever problem they have, they go to modest needs. And then the people who donate can say, like, oh, I want to pay this person's light bill or pay towards it. And then modest needs doesn't give them the money. It pays the bill. Okay. Does that make sense? I'm like, okay, so I know there's a tangible result from what I'm giving here. Uh, this woman in New Orleans now is going to have gas this month because I paid for something, and I trust that Modest Needs paid for that. And Modest Needs gets their administrative and operational costs covered by a grant. Mm-hmm. And then so then they just funnel the money. All 100% of the money goes towards uh, helping these people. Thank you. That that sentiment really does bother me, by the way. But um, some some people are saying no. That look, this... if it's if, if the organization is doing okay by it, it, look, there's one organization. I don't want to say what it is. Uh, there's a couple because they're very much beloved organizations. I'll tell you off the air. Sure. But that are well known and well documented for being total ripoff. It's just a really fucked way of thinking because we would never say to a for-profit company, how dare you give perks to your employees with that money that we bought your products. We bought your products and that money should go to making better products and new products. We would never say that to a for-profit company. But we, for some reason, tell nonprofit companies that they shouldn't be paying competitive wages to their employees. Or if they do, you should have to find government uh, grants that will help you pay for that, not the money given to you by donors. And it's just, it's a really backward way of thinking. And like, we wonder why nonprofits uh, are always, you know, suffering and why nonprofits are always struggling to do what they do. And that's, this is directly the reason why. Yeah, but you're you're taking the case of your nonprofit, which I'm sure is a very good nonprofit no, and does I'm, good I'm, things. I'm talking about there are some very famous ones and if anybody wants to know what they are they just have to do a simple google search and they'll find the ones that i'm talking about that pay exorbitant fees to their ceos and the people on their board and are ridiculous and give very very little money to the actual cause and are act like horrible corporations towards other organizations that are like them they're not helpful at all and so i i'm against those organizations and i won't and i will not do anything to support those organizations that's fine, and I think that there is a fine line because I do understand what you're saying. But and I'm not. And, and what, I'm, what I'm actually we saying, can't criticize a nonprofit company for working the way that or trying to work in the way that a for-profit company works because the for-profit companies do really well. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is do do perform. I don't want to say do do perform due diligence before you donate money and see if the comp if that nonprofit organizations financial um let me change that the fiscal um priorities are in line with yours yeah. and if they are then donate to them but don't just There's... blindly donate to some and don't be bullied into do- to donating because they make you feel badly right i i get that 80 percent of every um dollar donated is given directly to the cause for the the company i work for that's and great we struggle because that's of that. great we, that's great yeah. i i admire i applaud that i'm we talking about get, somewhere that's flipped well there are a lot of grants out there that are like um cannot be used for salaries and that's a that's really tough for us when we get you know a huge grant but like how are we supposed to administer programs that this grant will pay for if we can't afford 
the manpower for it. So it's it's just a fucked world we live in, and I have a lot of strong feelings about that. But going back to the anonymous guy on Twitter, like there are people that are kind of talking now about how this could possibly be some sort of scheme or maybe like a promotion of sorts. Like now that they have seventy two thousand followers, do you think that they will roll out a website or do something like that? That this is actually some sort of business because giving away a thousand dollars a day to get the kind of attention they've been getting, it's not huge amounts of money. Like this is something, you know, somebody with some good money behind them could actually do to, to start promoting something. What do you think? Okay. Look, if it is and you stop following them and you had a bit of fun for a while and there you go, it's kind of like people who bitch about Facebook, you know, they're like, Oh, Facebook and our advertisers and Facebook did this and Facebook did that. Hey, Facebook is a free service. You don't have to fucking be on Facebook. If you don't have a problem with it, get, delete your Facebook account. Right? And the same thing with this free money guy. You you think it's a scam and you think that they're going to be an advertisers and they're going to do this? Well, then don't follow him and don't do it. No one's forcing these people to do it. Thank you. True. What do you got going on next week, Joey? My blood sugar's high. Okay. Well, yeah, <laughs> because you start getting all about the organization and whatnot and work your blood sugar up. True. Um... Next week, um, my niece is graduating from kindergarten. How cute. I remember my kindergarten graduation. Oh, is you that do? Weird? Yeah. Oh. We sang the hooky lao. How did that go? <laughs> the hooky lao. Hooky, 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 hooky lao. It was like luau themed. It's also my mom's birthday next week. Oh. So Happy birthday, yeah, Betty. So it's going to be more of a pain in the butt that day and then uh that's all i can think of cool um that's cool i have um headed to florida next weekend which by the way we're gonna need to talk because i'm there thursday friday saturday sunday i come home i think so we'll have to figure out when we're gonna record but headed to florida um really i'm just doing work 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 i'm also on season nine of the simpsons if you're keeping track of that um yeah started running again i don't know that's it we're really exciting i know i think florida should be fun uh have you been to florida yeah i've been a few times but like what city is this um i want to say palm beach no tampa oh yeah tampa florida all right all right nice catching up with you joe go to hell mike Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cupodcast. Follow us on Twitter at cupodcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com. Or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. Um, yeah, I mean, um, uh, um, 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 uh, um, 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 um,